Governor DeSantis at the signing ceremony on Monday, signing the so-called fatherhood legislation into law. The Child Welfare Act was the uh, the actual name of the legislation. And among other things, it helps provide reform to DCF. It also provides additional financial support for the Department of Juvenile Justice. And uh, there are a number of new initiatives that are involved. And yet a lot of notable backers of this, including Tony Dungy, for example, uh, who uh, was was on hand. And uh, you have mentoring programs for children, single-parent families, in addition to support services for for fathers. And joining us to talk about this and some of the other doings happening in the state, which are many right now, State Senator Manny Diaz, Jr. How you doing, Manny? Good. How you doing? Good morning, Brian. Great to be with you. Yeah, good to uh, good to talk with you. And uh, I know we got a lot to discuss. Let's start though with uh, the the uh, Child Welfare Act, the fatherhood legislation. Uh, what will this end up doing? So the fatherhood le- le- legislation. You know, All Pro Dads has been around as an organization for a while with Tony Dungy, um, doing work to to mentor fathers, to provide resources for those uh, you know single single mothers who who don't have a father present in the life. And this just formalizes it. Uh, Governor DeSantis and the legislature has continued with this theme of families and parents. And it, we know the stats show it, that if you have a, a kid in a fatherless home, the, the percentages of that kid ending up in, in some kind of unfortunate situation or, or even legal trouble is much higher. And this just puts a stamp on it, showing that the state supports the nuclear family, traditional values, and having a father or father figure in the in the lives of these children uh, w- will make a huge difference going forward for our society. And so you have that bill. And then, of course, you know, the bill he signed yesterday was the child welfare bill, which goes along with that. Yeah, and, of course, uh, signing that here in South Florida. And um, in, in both of those settings, Manny, you had the questions come up about property insurance reform. This has been an issue that I have been staying on, given the uh, ever-growing crisis that we have. One thing that I noticed at the signing ceremony on Monday, it seemed to be a purpose pitch. Uh, I talked to the lieutenant governor about this yesterday, actually. So Chris Sproul's House Speaker seems to be the number one reason why we did not have meaningful property insurance reform pass in the regular session. Sproul's on hand. The governor's asked about it. He mentions that he is supportive of Senator Jeff Brandis's call for a special session on property insurance, and that he's tasked uh, Senator Boyd, who helped author legislation that passed in the, the Senate, but was ultimately not advanced in the House, uh, to go ahead and craft something for a special session. So it seemed to me, uh, Manny, that the, the governor, having been an accomplished Yale baseball player, was throwing a purpose pitch in the direction of one Sproles. Do you think I might be on target with that assessment? Yeah, I, I think, look, I think it's a, it's a purpose pitch. I think it's also a general statement that the governor knows full well that we're facing an insurance crisis. And unfortunately, uh, the Senate's reforms were not well received in the House. They had their own version. And again, the key to this is, is trying to find an agreement because you can call a special session, but if you don't reach an agreement in that short period of time, it's very difficult to get a bill across the finish line. So I, I think I expect the governor to continue to put pressure uh, we'll see what happens with this call. Obviously, it's not going to make it into the call for next week for the for the math because right. uh, we don't have enough time. But 
I think that it needs to be a, a well-crafted effort and, and come up with some concepts that are going to have an impact. We can't wave a magic wand to fix this, but we need to start putting those reforms, especially when you, when you look at um, the amount of litigation that Florida leads the nation in insurance litigation when it comes to property insurance. And down here, unfortunately, yeah. we also have a lot of fraud that takes place where you know, the, the cottage industry exists where people come to your home, knock on the door and see you have a broken tile. And then they guarantee, you know, they, they want to promise you that they're going to replace your entire roof. And that's where that litigation starts. That's a problem. The insurance company needs to cover the damages, but we also have to understand that you, you cannot expect to have a healthy insurance market if you continue to litigate and pound on it. And all it does is raise the rates for everybody else. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. To your point, I covered this over the past couple of days even. The average Floridian, the homeowner's policy, paying $680 more just for that type of of issue you're talking about, the litigation that's going into this. And pretty remarkable that over, uh, it was 60%, I think, uh, of all the uh, existing litigation and, and activity out there has nothing to do with an emergency event. But these types of situations you're talking about, obviously we have problems there. So I guess my question is, do you think the message has been received by Sproles? Do you think that there's enough support out there to be uh, able to overcome his objections from the regular session? Look, I think, I think the pressure will mount. I think the, the, the House as a body will probably put pressure on that. And it's just trying to figure out how to thread that needle and find a, a, a solution that can be agreed upon by both chambers. Because clearly the governor has already indicated he would sign uh, a reform like that. So we need to keep working on that and try to get the House to that point. But I know there are other leaders in the House who want to deal with it, and uh, including uh, incoming Speaker Paul Renner. So um, I expect this to have some action within this year. We talk about this sometimes, you know, some of the disconnects that can come up based upon geography within our state. And you know, there are a lot of concerns by South Floridians and some that are on point to others, probably, you know, more political posturing that often Tallahassee is unresponsive to South Florida's needs. Do you think this is a situation with some of these politicians from other parts of the state that don't appreciate the extent of the crisis because maybe it doesn't impact in their backyard the way it does ours? I, I think it does affect large parts of the state where the insurance crisis may be not as bad as it is here in South Florida. But there's also pockets of the state where it's not a, you know, may not be as big of an issue, and those legislators wouldn't have the pressure to really have a sense of urgency to deal with it. They'll, they'll, they'll work on it if it's brought forward. But I think the pressure needs to come uh, from those um, representatives and senators from the communities that are being affected most by this. But again, the governor highlighted it's a statewide crisis. This is not a, a one, a regional issue. It, it is a statewide crisis. And while it may be worse in some pockets of the state, uh, it's an issue that we're going to have to deal with. And, and with all the development and growth that's going on in this state, if we don't head this off at the past now, where are we going to be two years from now? Amen. And that stands even having a, a, a huge uh, hurricane event, which uh, God help us if we have one, because yep. right now the reinsurance market and everything else is in, in really bad shape. No question. I mean, we are a significant claims event in South Florida away from this thing just being toast so yeah i mean let's hope this gets done sooner rather than later and appreciate your support staying on this all right so about the upcoming special session next week um so all reports are that governor DeSantis is fully driving this process at this point is that 
accurate, and is that appropriate if that's the case? Well, look, the, the, the congressional maps are different from the state maps in that the state maps don't go to the governor. They go straight to the Supreme Court for review, and they've been approved. But this, the congressional map is a bill, and the governor does uh, 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 you know, have a role in this. Unlike some people are mentioning, I don't think it's inappropriate because he has to sign it. So the fact that he is um, involved in the process and working with the legislature to try to reach an agreement, this is about methodology, Brian, and about um, some concerns the governor has over the map being a violation of the U.S. Constitution and having the Florida Fair Districts Amendment also possibly being a violation of the U.S. Constitution because his contention is you can't use race as the sole purpose for driving the, the lines in a seat. And I think that uh, he's on to something there, and we're we're gonna we're gonna see legal challenges. But I do think that uh, working together, there is an appropriate role for the governor. Governor, uh, the maps will be presented, and it still has to go through the legislative committees and have to go to the floor. So everything will be on the up and up. There'll be transparency. The records will be there. How the map was drawn, who drew the map, all of those questions will be there, and and that'll all be hammered out in court after this is done. Because for sure, there's going to be challenges. There's already challenges. So at this point, he he is working on a map that he's going to present to you, and then you'll work off of that? That is the understanding that we have in a memorandum we received from the two legislative leaders um, that the House and Senate are, are not currently drawing a map. But I think they're working off the map that was vetoed and trying to find a methodology that, that is constitutional and on the up and up and, and, and in satisfaction with the governor's view. Understood and appreciate it. Good intel. Uh, State Senator Manny Diaz, Jr. Be well. Talk to you soon.